Hi everyone. I hope you are enjoying the summer here in Ithaca, New York. I'm I'm having such a great time going swimming, hiking, and just enjoying these beautiful days. Before we jump into the conversation, I want to make a few announcements. In August, I will offer live group sessions for those enrolled in the online program Embody Your Life's Purpose. If you are not enrolled in the program yet, you can enroll today and get a 50% discount using the code SUMMERSALE22. By enrolling in the program, you will have access to more than 15 recorded sessions that will guide you on a journey of releasing the emotional and mental blocks that are in the way of you living your most authentic life. And as a bonus, you can attend the live group sessions in August. So go to lukami.com slash programs and enroll today. You can connect with me through my website if you want private healing sessions. In the private sessions, we work together to release the emotional cause of the issues you are experiencing. I'm a trauma-informed hypnotherapist and a soul coach. My work goes beyond giving relief to your symptoms. Instead, I focus on providing the tools that support your growth, well-being, and inner peace so you can embody your soul's purpose. Please visit my website, lukami.com, for more information. And now let me introduce my guest. Lauren Hall is a heart-led visionary, ambitious about improving systems in literally all areas for life, society, and the good of Mother Earth. Lauren uses hypnosis practices to expand her mind and the minds of clients to see new and more supportive equations for life, pleasure, and harmony. She's a teacher in clinical hypnotherapy and a performance mental coach. She helps people all over the world to rewrite stories of mental blocks, challenges, or limitations so that they emotionally and physically begin experiencing increased health, happiness, and flow. Lauren has been operating modern-day hypnosis since 2013 and currently resides beautifully in North Carolina. Thank you, Lauren, for being here today. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Hey, Lou, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Tell us more about your cultural background and upbringing. I'll say it was passionately and intense. My mom was always present. It's like she was overloving us, trying to fill that void that she had within herself. And it was always interesting for me because me and my two sisters, like we're pretty confident, we're, we're pretty... Um, independent, you know, we're, we're, we're self-assured. So she really gave us that, but it's because she didn't have that. And I always, you know, being a middle child, I wanted to be the, the peacekeeper. So I wanted her to be happy. So when I was in school, um, you know, I really like math and science, but my older sister is an engineer. And I was like, I don't want to be an engineer. I don't want to be, you know, a, a teacher in a university. I really had no idea what I wanted to do, but I knew I didn't want to be a therapist because I felt like I took on so much of that role in a family. Um, so when I went to college, I, I still couldn't decide and just ended up in business you know, school and then ended up with a business uh, profession and corporate. And was it was so exciting. Wow. I had so many um, internships, NASCAR and Disney. I was doing uh, public relations. I was traveling uh, with so many different jobs to 
you know, really swanky experiences. And that's what I thought, you know, I want to be an executive family. Wasn't a value for me, you know, having my own family. And so I thought, I just want to have, you know, my, my little dog and, and go into uh, the big cities, you know, and just be a professional executive. And I was really there, Lou, I was, I was doing that. You know, I got very fortunate, I guess, with the opportunities or, you know, I mean, I took the action, you know, I'm a hard worker. So those doors opened and then I found myself, I was working uh, with Hearst magazines. Well, when I met them, they really weren't even looking um, outside for that position. Uh, They were, Mm -hmm. they were looking in house, but we met and they thought you might be a great fit. So I came in you know, this sort of this, this young new person, um, there were some animosities, you know, because I had taken a role that I guess was prestigious and that a lot of people wanted, but I had no idea. I was completely, you know, naive to that sort of social competition or or corporate competition. Um, and I just put my whole heart into it. But after maybe a year and a half, I, it's like, I could see the end of that path. And I thought, you know, I could stay in corporate, I had already created like social clubs and, and changed the department and, and connected things because, you know, my ideas just won't stop. Mm. I'd made this, this career for myself and I could see, you know, the progression of success, you know, what I'd become a top executive, maybe a C-suite somewhat, you know, in that Mm. really prestigious organization. But as soon as I saw the end, it's like, I got deflated with, Mm -hmm just feeling like it wasn't fulfilling. What was the vision for this end? Like what, 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 what could you see for yourself when you were leaving this corporate world? Well, I think when, you know, clients I work with now, we kind of talk about it like golden handcuffs. Um, Or I've heard someone say like, it's like a velvet coffin. It's like a very, you know, you have a prestigious, you know, you know, financially, extrinsically, uh, you have all this recognition and reward. I guess being around, um, you know, a corporate environment and, and even just now, you know, being around, um, people in, in their, in their adult, you know, persona, I guess maybe because of my intuition or, or my empathic, you know, um, sensitivities, I can feel that there's like this mask. It's like people are pretending that they're fulfilled or, or they're, they've checked off all the boxes. They should be happy. They've got the the partner, they've got the career, they've got the big, you know, fancy house or, or the name brands or the titles, but I could just feel that, that hollowness. And I thought, why aren't we talking about this? Wow. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so I, uh, I have always been a very curious mind and my love language is, is definitely nature. And even as a kid, I remember just going out and just being, um, in the trees all day, just staring at the bugs, just, just experiencing all of that sensory medicine. Mm-hmm. And how did you jump to what you were doing today? How was this process and this transition? How did you discover hypnosis? And so how did you make this transition? Because it is common, you know, I, even in your practice, in my practice, we see people that, um, a lot of people aren't fulfilled with their jobs they still did not find, you know, that purpose and like that thing that moves them. How did you discover this path and how did it tr- transition? 
Because of the um, functioning dysfunction of my family, you know, both my parents being alcoholics, them, you know, separating when I'm very young, and then my mom having, you know, nearly as many marriages as Elizabeth Taylor, but, but still having that inner insecurity. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wanted to help people, but I, but I didn't want to be a therapist only because I thought that would be something that eventually in my career would, would burn me out, you know, to just be sort of an outlet for everybody to dump their things. Cause that's what I thought, you know, therapy was. So mm-hmm. when I um, made the decision to leave corporate America, because I could just tell that I could be successful, but I wouldn't be fulfilled. Right. And if, you know, at the time when I thought I don't want a family, um, my career was, was the, the biggest passion in my life. Even though I loved nature, I, I almost collect hobbies. Like I just love learning and, and doing things. Um, I knew that I needed to do something more creative in my career, you know, and something that I could create a lot of resources. Cause I have just all of these ambitions and ideas. Mm-hmm. I went into real estate. Um, and again, oh. I mean, I just, I, you know, looking back, it's easier to see, but at the time I didn't recognize that I was, um, I was doing things that other people weren't willing to do. You know, maybe they were scared. Maybe they um, had a fear of success. I mean, I, I certainly had fears, but I remembered making cold calls and knocking on doors and just pushing myself through training. So I was, I was all into personal development. I was really successful in real estate very quickly. People who had been in the industry a long time, and this was right at the start of a recession, which I had no idea. I'd never done it before. So I didn't have anything to compare myself with. There were people who were coming to work with me. So I thought I need to be even better. I want to help them be even better. So I really just focused on the personal development. And uh, somebody mentioned the movie, The Secret, you know, which is all about how to basically get out of your own way and, and stay in that positive state, which was natural for me. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, finally, I've got language to explain this to people. Like this is a universal law. None of my no peers or family appreciated that movie the way I did. So I thought I need to get all of these books on that reading list. So I was going through book after book program, right? You know, everybody in that movie is, is sort of like a coach or has some sort of philosophy that you can, um, you know, become a, an ambassador for. And so many of what I was drawn to was the books that were talking about hypnosis. And I remember going to a thrift store and I found Sylvia Brown's um, Life on the Other Side book. Mm-hmm. And I was also had been, you know, listening to Steve G. Jones, who uh, Joe Vitale from The Secret is, is really good friends with. And they were both coming at hypnosis and different angles, but they were both talking about how quick you can make the change. And I thought, okay, here we go. I've got a process. I can help my family and I can help myself. You know, I had, you know, goals for myself. Um, so I got certified. You know, I, I, I did not even go to a hypnotist for hypnosis before I just started hypnosis training. And that day one, because my instructor was a shaman and there was only one other person in the class um, at that time, because I reached out to him and he sort of put together this custom time for my oh, schedule. Wow. I know it's just a, just a dream. And she was a shaman as well. And, and she had had so many other, she's a massage therapist and she was doing all these things I'd never heard of. Um, and so I'm in, I'm in a, you know, house with, with two shamans and I'd never heard that word. I I didn't know. I mean, I'm very open-minded. I'm very, um, 
you know, respectful to recognize that there's, there's, there's hundreds of different ways that we could explain what's going on here. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so curious to learn. So I am just like eagerly listening to everybody. So that first hypnosis training was for sure a mind opener. And uh, it just, I mean, that was 2013, 10 years later. I mean, I'm still learning and learning. Mm. This is so wonderful. So wonderful to see how you you made this transition and how you, you're kind of following the signs and, you know, the synchronicities. And um, how did you, you said that you wanted to help your family. Were you able to help your family with the techniques you were learning? They have, in my younger sister and my mom are... Um, really present in my life, you know, even still. And, and I will say that, yes, they have been helped. And I'll also say that, that apparently my, my ego or my identity as a rescuer from my childhood imprinting still has this story or projection that they're not helped enough, but, you know, I'm really doing my own inner work to let that, that stress or judgment go because we get to define what we're wanting and, you can't help someone unless they're ready. Right. So I'll say yes, but I'll also say that family is probably one of the harder. And I know a lot of you know professionals in this industry talk about don't work with family. And then others, you know, they will work with family. I I am mature enough now to recognize that I will help people who are coming to me for help. Mm, I love not, this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's a, uh, it's, you know, it's helped me with my you know, inner healing mm-hmm. um, because, you know, maybe I wanted them to be um, something more so that they could be there for me. And instead it's, it's me who needs to be there for me. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love this. Yeah. And uh, it, it is so interesting to see that you found your center because I think a lot of uh, a lot of us that work in the helping profession, we have this imprint, the helper imprint, and we waste our energy, right? And I think that comes from this judgment that you just said, because we are focusing on the sickness itself. We are not actually holding that space for healing because we keep fo- focusing on that, on what's wrong or on the sickness. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I actually, one day we were in the same meeting, um, uh, a hypnosis meeting, and uh, someone said that uh, once you self-regulate, you give others permission to regulate as well. Basically, it is the inner work that is most important, right? Oh, yeah. yeah I love what you're saying. I mean, you're, you're, you were blowing my mind with that term, calling it a sickness. And, and you're right, I'm projecting it. And, and probably my ego is trying to deflect to say you change, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I like, yeah, this, this inner self regulation, mm-hmm. I heard someone describe it, or maybe I read it in a book and it was like, as your consciousness rises, everyone around you rises as well. This is powerful. It's, um, it's humbling. I'll say with what you're talking about that that helper identity, you know, maybe it's the ego. Mm-hmm. And 
Okay. Yes, there is a, a term that I use that is the authority energetic imprint. Uh, it, it is that part of ourselves that is constantly, um, uh, there is this necessity to um, say what's what's wrong with others or that necessity to, to you know, give directions to others, you know, um, like, oh, I know what is better for you, <laughs> rather than allowing people to discover, right? hundred percent. Yes. I, um, is making me think about the sensitive place that we hold when we serve clients, you know, cause that's right. where it's not, um, I mean, coaching and counseling, you know, are very much newer applications, you know, the way I describe it, you know, hypnosis suggestion, you know, that, that unconscious story, that's, that's as old as the mind and mm. you've gotten yourself to this place in life. You are, because it's your journey and, and all things are divine and they're, they're intended to help develop, you know, what your soul wants, which is experience. We don't want just, you know, rainbow, sunny gold path days every day. We would be so bored. Wow. But I'll tell you, Lou, understanding this, uh, this equation and walking it out every single day is it's a learning curve yeah yeah i agree yeah you are so successful in your practice and i would like i would like to know more about what did you do differently can we come back to that moment when you were building our practice and perhaps this can help people that are listening there perhaps there are people that are building their own businesses and they can you know get some inspiration from you because I really, I'm really inspired by your journey and by how successful you are. Mm -hmm. uh, so what, 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 are, what were the factors that led you to be where you are? I'm definitely, it is, it is multi-angled. There are, you know, like confidence. It's, it's, a, it's a skill, it's a muscle. You know, you, you're gonna have weaker days, you're gonna have stronger days. And I really like this, this idea of fail forward you know, and, and instead of the analysis paralysis. Um, so in real estate, I just did what they told us to do. You know, you, you go through um, the training and then they say, you know, tell a hundred people that you know about this, knock on 30 doors, you know, be in the office to take the cold, you know, phone calls. I assumed everybody was doing that. I mean, they, they instructed us to do that. They're not paying us to do it, but I just did what, what they were sort of telling us to do. Um, and that started a momentum of not only volume, but confidence. And it was scary. And there were days that I didn't want to, but I just, I had this naivety that everybody else was doing it. And then if I didn't do it, I would be behind. And instead, because I did the things that were spelled out for me to do, I, I got, you know, very quickly, um, you know, ahead, even probably in corporate that helped me because when we were interviewing, I remember we were talking so much about just sort of personal things that, that may not had been, you know, typically conventional for a professional interview, but it was a low risk. You know, I thought, let me just sort of show these people who I really am. And really, you know, when we're interviewing, it's like, we're deciding, do we want that for ourselves? So because I was being personable 
And now I know that's what corporate's all about. They're choosing the person. They don't really care about your experience because I had none. They wanted to see, is this person, um, you know, do they have a can-do attitude? Are they coachable? Do they, you know, uh, have the intelligence to sort of see, you know, what priorities might be? Mm -hmm. I'll say my my willingness to put myself out there. So when I had a hypnosis business, I I was stalling to get an office. Um, I I was living kind of out in the woods. So I didn't want people, you know, coming to my, you know, personal space, but I didn't know, you know, how do I spend the money for an office before I had the client? So I was kind of at this um, paralysis and I was at a store uh, with my mom and somehow they got to talking and hypnosis came up and my mom's telling this person, I'm a hypnotist. And they're like, I want to come see you. And so my mom's hounding me then, you know, she's like, get an office. <laughs> so I had a tiny little space that I, that I just closed on, you know, that week. Um, and when that first client came, he could tell I was nervous and um, he was wanting to help you know, use hypnosis to quit smoking, not because of health. He didn't care about that at all. He just wanted to stop spending money on cigarettes. So money was really important for him. I think I was charging him like 50, $60 or something. And he could tell I was nervous. And he said, have you done this before? And I just, I want to be transparent. So I'm like, not with anybody I don't know. Cause that was true. I'd hypnotized, you know, some friends and then in the training we had. And so I said, you don't have to pay me. Let's just, you know, blah, blah, blah. Try this. He had a great experience. He came back the next week and paid me for that first session, which I had given him for free and then paid me for the next session. He was, he was sold. So that really um, built my confidence. And then I just started introducing myself to people in the community, because again, that's what I had just assumed we all would be doing because we had talked about that in my hypnosis training, you know, meet the other, you know, helpers, massage therapists, you know, there's a lot more opportunities that I knew and I had maybe some shame or pressure that I could or should be doing this. But because I was taking some action, the universe participated with me. And, and that's what I would want anybody out there to hear, you know, if they have a business and they're ready to bring that to the market, confirm to yourself that you are taking action Hmm. and and action doesn't mean the thinking Right. Cause, cause I could have made spreadsheets about, well, I could reach out to them and I could reach out to them. I could reach out to them. Action is, you know, picking up the phone and making the call, going by the office and introducing yourself. And I will tell you, your heart is going to be pounding, <laughs> but that's also what excitement feels like. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because when we are, you know, maybe getting out of your comfort zone, it's not that easy, right? If you are safe, feeling safe, you're probably, you're not, you know, taking a big leap, right? Going a little forward or let's see, getting out of this, you know, bubble that sometimes we build for ourselves because out of fear. Uh, when you are showing up, when, when, when you show up, when you, when you are presenting yourself, it demands a lot of energy and confidence. And it's not, no, it's not that easy for a lot of people, right? It's not easy, um, but also it's fun because after you, after you make that really scary call, mm-hmm. you, f- you feel so full of electricity. You, right. you, you feel like you could, um, you could explode. And I'll say that that scary thing is strengthening your nervous system. And 
there's a lot of books out there, you know, our strategies that talk about like, just count to three and just do it. You know, it's like jumping off of a dock, just run and, and do it. If you, if you build up all this fear, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to be exhausted. You're going to feel so small. So try to be brave, like a child. Mm, I love that. How do you deal with rejection? Because that's the thing when you are showing up, when you are getting out, you have, a, you have chances to be rejected, right? Mm-hmm. How are you dealing with that? I, don't, I mean, I don't know if I am dealing it, but it's more as I am suffering it. And, mm-hmm. and I, so maybe I just, uh, I, sur- I, I, I let my ego just be depleted um, and, and resonate in that whatever of defeat, it's sort of like, oh, that was so embarrassing. Or, or I, I actually said the entire wrong thing. Or, um, I mean, I've had some people yell at me about, you know, me trying to make like a, a pitch or something. And it really, really hurts. <laughs> and, and, um, that's where I think nature for me, because that's my healing space that I can just, uh, let go of the ego. And remember, I'm not efforting to help anybody who doesn't want the help, but I know that there are people out there who are asking for help and they just maybe hadn't heard about hypnosis. Like I had never heard about hypnosis. And so I feel, I feel energized by that mission that this message is bigger than me. And so I would say, have fun, cry, scream, you know, experience that sort of like, ouch, Right. Or, or, you know, wow, you were so mean that you, you know, you don't need, you don't need to like fight with people. That was a really helpful lesson early on, um, mm. massage therapist that I had partnered with and we did some programming. Oh. She was talking because we were in a really small area in um, in oh. North Carolina, you know, the Bible belt and, right. and hypnosis is, a very, <laughs> it's like a, um, it, it's, it's lumped into a religion. And I'm like, you know, you don't have to believe in it. It's like coaching. You don't believe in coaching. It it just means you're not going to participate in coaching, but she gave me sage advice, which was to not feel this necessity to prove hypnosis to people Mm -hmm. out there who, who don't want to accept it. There's enough people who are open-minded or who are ready enough or who are, not finding a solution. And so they're like, well, why not? Mm -hmm. So that helped me. Yeah. There is a a different quality when you are presenting yourself, when you are sharing and when you are trying to prove something, right. There is a different quality. uh, It's a different energy, right. And it, it comes out in a different way when you are sharing and when you are trying to prove that, yeah, yeah, that's powerful and super subtle because I mm. would agree our energy can detect like, what's the motivation right. here? Is my motivation to sell you something, or is it just to, um, I'll say my motivation is, is that curiosity and I'm curious to really, really see people, to let them feel safe, to be seen. And that helps them open up some of the stories that might've been tucked away as far as the, uh, the limitations, you know, for their, their life or their soul. And it's because my, my incentive is just to be curious and to help them be curious for themselves. So we're always learning. Um, then people feel maybe this authenticity about me and, and recognize that, you know, although I will want to have 
multiple commas in my bank account so that I can make bigger things, you know, tangible um, for this planet. That's not the the number one thing that gets me out of bed. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why you left the corporate and jumped into what you are doing today. Do you practice hypnosis daily? What are other practices that you do to support this, you know, well-being or to, to support your practice as well? What, what do you do daily? It's a great question because it's, um, I'm not here to stand on any sort of platform. Like, you know, here I know how to do all these things and I do them for myself and I'm so, you know, satisfied. Instead, it, it's really maybe that I'm in this teacher role, you know, of, of how to be fulfilled in life because I'm, I'm curious about that. I'm wanting to learn that. And so I'm, I'm taking this, you know, office setting to, have like a science lab. It's like, let's practice this and and let me, you know, shortcut the answers because for whatever reason, I feel resistant to routine. Like I want routine. I desire it, but I could, I could just say, you know, over the years, I've tried it this way. I've tried it that way. I've tried accountability coaches. I've tried, you know, to, to tell myself what I'm doing every sort of few minutes so that I make sure I meditate and I watch the sunrise and I, you know, go for grounding walks and I drink this much, you know, water or chia seeds or something. But because I've recognized this innate resistance right now, I'm, I'm giving myself more grace to be gentle and be um, inspired. And that's what some of my greatest mentors have said when I talk about, you know, what sort of things should I be eating? What sort of, you know, structure should I follow? And, and they're like, do the one for you in that moment that is the right one for you. There's no, there's no recipe book for how Lauren should live her life every single day because I'm not a robot. So I'll, I guess I'll say yes, that I do hypnosis on myself, or I, I do these practices that I talk with people about for themselves. But I'll also say that I continue to refine my processes that I share, you know, with clients to be more and more short and simple mm-hmm. so that they're actually doing it. Or, it, or it's available when they choose to do it. And they don't have this shame of like, I should be meditating or I should be, you know, defining out my parts, you know, for parts therapy or something. It's like your energy. And so all of these external things or all of these sort of brain, you know, maps, if you can check that checkbox for yourself and your soul, you know, are you taking care of yourself? Yes. Are you loving yourself? Yes. Have you forgiven yourself? Yes. If you can check all your boxes, you're going to feel in that yes, flourished, open energy state. And that's when you can tap into the universal, you know, current. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. It feels so good in the body, you know, listening to you. I, I feel free, you know, just, just watching you. Uh, I feel free. And I think this is what we were talking earlier is about when you are doing your, your, when you know what's good for you and you are, you know, in your integrity, others feel that and you give permission as well to others. So I think that's why you are so successful mm-hmm. because you know, you, you know yourself, you, you are, you know, becoming even more aware of who you are. And that's why you, you have this inner freedom mm-hmm. to um, do what feels good for you. 
I, that was so visceral you sharing it and I'll let's talk on the community of it because it's kind of like we're all here together to help each other, to sort of be like, do you have the answer? Do you have the answer? You know, what is the answer? And then I'm coming out, you know, what was the question? <laughs> like, yeah. what, what question do we have? I think the question is, are you happy? And that's where, when we're together, it's like, we can, we can grow something that's bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I, I can feel it, you know, even virtually in this experience. I mean, it's sort of like goosebumps, but it really is just, I mean, I almost feel like I'm levitating. I mean, I could, yeah. I'm sure I could cry pretty quickly at some of the things that were it's just beautiful, nourishing, healing, you know, love feeling. Yes. Yes. Wow. And, and I would like to ask you, you said, you mentioned earlier that you, 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 you were focusing on your career right now and you decided earlier on that you don't want a family. What does it mean for you? What, what does this choice mean to you and, and how you see yourself in the next few years? Well, when you were asking, you know, did my mom and sister let me help them? Um, so my sister was my younger sister was crazy about having kids. And so was my older sister. And I actually read about, you know, using hypnosis for infertility. So I talked to her, I was like, Hey, why don't we try this? Um, she's like, of course, yeah, we'll try it. And so I put a lot of my like focus and soul, you know, and, 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 and I didn't, I mean, I guess I meditated a little bit at the time, but I just, I put a lot of heart into a script for her. And then the next month she was pregnant and you know, she'd been trying for years and, and nothing was medically wrong. It was just, she probably was trying too hard. Um, so then after that, I studied for hypnobirthing with, uh, Mickey Mongan, the, the founder of the hypnobirthing process. And she was in her nineties teaching us. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually went back again and studied with her and it just, it, it blew my mind because until then I had thought about children as accessories you know, and, and, and that was probably just the way that, that a lot of my peers were, were making it sound. And I wanted to take myself to soccer practice. Like I wanted my life to be, um, my own play place, you know, not this like, you know, responsibility. I mean, I have had pets and everything. So I, um, and I love my nieces and nephew, but I valued freedom more than I, than I valued that experience, mm -hmm. but that training changed me. And I, I had told my mom after then, you know, want children. And, and she thought I meant, you know, that I had planned to go have children on my own. And I said, no, mom, I, I mean, you know, in a partnership and et cetera. But um, because my mom had been married so many times, I thought, you know, I really just want to know myself so that I know who I am showing up for a partnership. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I've been telling myself that I'm like 90% there and ready. And then I'm remembering, well, that's my story. Like I've got to tell myself I'm a hundred percent or maybe, you know, maybe 99%. I've got to give myself this permission that I am there, mm -hmm. that I am. And, and that's an exciting place to be in life, which is being uh, ready for that sort of partnership. And I could say that I'm ready for that sort of partnership with the universe, mm -hmm. with my business, because, you know, a lot of people will look at my business and, and talk about the success. And it's not that I'm unsatisfied. I just have big ambitions. I was talking to um, the like business development with the chamber in the city that I live. 
and you know they support everybody with their ideas and I was talking to her and she was like Lauren you might be one of the people that I the first people I've ever said this to but she's like I think your ideas are too big <laughs> I was like, no, they're not. don't limit you me. never said this you're a hypnotist <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't exactly. say that <laughs> yes no, oh my gosh no <laughs> wow yes keep keep dreaming Laurie and keep following your 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 highest ambitions because what you are doing is really beautiful and uh so how can people find you I would love for people to um to look at hypnosis with fresh eyes so my brand is modern day hypnosis and I I remember that the moment you know that I came up with that name I was on the river kayaking with my mom and it was we just come around a corner and we were talking about you know, a business name, because before then I was lacha.co, which was an acronym, Lauren's conscious healing and art. Nobody got the acronym. Um, .co really wasn't a thing in the States that was, you know, accepted in that time. People thought I was just making typos like on all my business literature. So modern day hypnosis, uh, .com. And, and on there, I really want to provide resources you know, testimonials for celebrities and case studies, just the opportunities that hypnosis has that you may had not considered. Um, and then, you know, there, there's a handle on Instagram that people can certainly uh, connect and DM. I'm actually doing workshops twice a month um, at, at this time to teach people what I call self-applied hypnosis techniques. You know, so I, I do train other hypnotists, but it's to me, it's really about going business to consumer. It, it's like, let's just show you these techniques and then you become your own, you know, storyteller, your own, you know, change maker. You're, you're the driver's seat in your life. You're not reliant on a, a therapist or a coach. It's helpful to have that, that reflection, you know, mm-hmm. and that, and that support to uh, show you something maybe in a different way, but that's, that's what I would love people to do is to check out the self-applied hypnosis techniques through modern day hypnosis. Thank you so much, Lauren. It was great to talk to you. I love it. I hope we can do more of this type of conversations. Lou, it's, I can't even explain how um, connected and seen I feel, which is why I'm yammering on. And I, I really thank you for doing this and giving me, um, you know, this invitation for an interview. And I, Um, I'm so uh, energized by what you're doing out here in the world, you know, to see people and to show people more light, love, soul, creativity. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you.